Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast powered by Built Bar. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? The short week. You know, it, it always sneaks it oh, always yeah. sneaks up on you and you get the, the, the weekend coming quickly and suddenly you look up and it's Friday. It's nice. So... I'm excited to uh, make it into the weekend, and I'm excited to answer some questions today. Yeah, we're going to have a little bit of fun on this Friday. We're going to answer some of your uh, questions from Twitter. Uh, I want to start with this one from Gabriel, and I I thought about this one a lot today because he sent it in uh, a little earlier today. Uh, I was walking around my house just kind of thinking about my arguments for it, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Gabriel wants to know, which rookies are the most likely to receive the most snaps? He said, rank them from one to three. Now, I think the, you know, most people would probably say CeeDee Lamb is going to get the most snaps. But I actually think I disagree with that. But I will let you start first, Landon. Which rookies get the most snaps for the Cowboys this season? Hmm. You know, it's tough because if Biotish gets that starting job, I mean, Ooh, see, I didn't think about Biotis. So that's a good one. Okay. If Biotis ends up winning that starting job, it's got to be him, right? Like, because of all the other positions that are above him, they all can rotate and, and likely will rotate, or you know, or or at least see some time off. If Biotis is not the starter, I, I think that, and it, you know, it really depends on how the death chart ends up. But if if Trayvon Diggs ends up being one of your your top two corners, yep, there's a very high possibility. There's, I mean, if he ends up being one of your top three corners, then likely he's going to see more snaps than Ceedee Lamb. I would say, and, and that's what I was thinking. I went to look at Randall Cobb's snaps last year. Played sixty four percent of the snaps. I would think it's fair to expect Lamb to do something similar, right? Probably I, somewhere between 55 and 70%, right? I would say it's more than what Cobb got. But, yeah, I would okay. say that still under, you know, def, even, if, even if he's wildly successful, I would imagine it's probably under right. 80, 80%, right? 75%. Now, if Trayvon Diggs is a top three corner for you, it's almost locked that he gets more than 65, 70% of the snaps, right? Especially if he's one of your top two outside corners. You know, we've heard some some whispers over the last, you know, a couple weeks that maybe the Cowboys are going to be moving Owuzier uh, to safety. That would certainly open up snaps for, for Diggs. It sounds like the Cowboys might be kind of convinced right now that, that Diggs is already their best cornerback. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's Diggs number one, Lamb number two. What about number three? I mean, you mentioned Biotish. If he wins that starting job, obviously he'll probably be number one. But what if it's not? Who who is the third guy there? I mean, I think that Gallimore and Robertson come come next, right? Like d- depending on on yeah, where, where they go on the depth chart. Like if Robertson has a really good off se- uh, preseason and, and training camp and you know, works his way in in a way that we think we can. I mean, th- there's a very high possibility that he could end up getting more snaps sure. than, than Neville Gallimore. You know, if, if he ends up getting bumped I, all the I way up the I don't know what to think about Gallimore. That, I have no idea how he fits into their plans this year. I, I He's the one wild card where it's like, 
you could tell me that he's active every single game and he's the primary backup to Gerald McCoy. You could also tell me that he's inactive for almost every single week and he's, you know, just, you know, behind Tristan Hill and Gerald McCoy and those guys too. And I would believe that. I, I just have no feel as to how that's going to play out this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think we're all kind of shooting in the dark without seeing some kind of training camp, some kind of, you know, mini camp, something. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think you're right. It's it's not a very clear-cut, you know, roster construction, especially for a game day roster. Uh, you know, if he's – I mean, especially since, like, with him, there's even – there's a lot of unknown that surrounds him even beyond just his play, you know, like Tristan. Sure, where's yeah. Tristan Hill in his development? Is he? Gonna we'll get be, to him in a second, but yeah, yeah, but go ahead. But, I mean, like, you know, those kind of things, like, I, I think there's a lot more clouding – uh, uh, Gallimore's opportunities to get snaps, uh, and I think that Robertson, like, really, if he plays well, has an opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, really get in there early and and see significant snaps for a rookie. Man, I would love it if Robinson and Diggs played a bunch this year. Probably is not going to be a great sign for the Cowboys' defense if they're relying on you know two, you know, a day two and a day three pick to help them out at cornerback, but. At the same time, I think those guys are super talented. Um, this next question, Landon, comes from Michael Schmidt. Is there any hope Tristan Hill ends up con- uh, contributing this season, this year or any year? I, I like the way he phrased that. <laughs> Do we have any hope that Tristan Hill can be a useful player for the Cowboys this year? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should just be writing him off yet. You know, I mean, he's just so young and and. Uh, I believe he's two years younger than Gallup. Yeah, he is, and, and I just feel like he's—he certainly was not ready last year. Does that mean he'll never no. be ready? No, I, I don't think so. I think he has a lot of talent. The question is, like, what's his? Where's his headspace at? So, uh, yeah, I—I am not. I understand. I'm certainly down on where Tristan Hill was last year, right? I'm certainly down with that. I mean, like, down on that, like, not happy with the way the way it turned out. But I'm not, you know, I'm certainly giving him a, a clean slate, you know, for this season. And, and to come in and see what he is on the second year. Because, again, he is still younger than than most of these rookies. In fact, he probably is younger than all of them except for CeeDee Lamb, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. You know, so I, 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 he's still a very young player. He's, he had kind of a tumultuous, you know, college career with the coaching staff. And then again, gets drafted by uh, the Cowboys team that had a very, you know, uh, adoring uh, defensive line coach who really, he had built a relationship with throughout the draft process. And now he's gone. So, uh, you know, I think we should all give uh, Tristan Hill a little bit more rope, you know, a a little bit more leeway to kind of see what he develops into. Mm -hmm. I'm not relying on anything. And I think that that they're not either. And that's why they drafted Gallimore. But I, I think that, I'm not certainly not giving up on a guy that has a lot of talent. I think uh, just because he did not develop in his in year one as a defensive tackle, which I mean, frankly, that's the norm. Like most defensive tackles oh, yeah. are really yeah. bad their first year, so uh, that's not. Well, really we did surprising. see some flashes from from Hill later in the year. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a ton, but there were a couple games where he had one or two plays that you're like, oh. Okay, I that's that makes sense why they you know maybe were willing to gamble on the risks so, or gamble on this type of player. So I, I don't think it's fair to count him out, but at the same time, as you mentioned, I'm probably not expecting anything from him. However, I will say 
that Gallimore Hill battle in training camp and in the preseason for snaps, that's one of the ones I'm going to be really keeping an eye on because I think there are going to be snaps behind Gerald McCoy. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to want to use a rotation of defensive linemen. So one of those two players is going to play a lot. I'm fascinated to see which one uh, looks better for the 2020 season. Um, I just want to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Again, right before I came on the show today, I had the coconut uh, protein bar. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, only 110 calories. Uh, it was part of my lunch. Just just absolutely amazing. Um, and let me tell you guys this. If you've never tried a Built Bar before, they are the absolute best tasting protein bars out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, real peanut butter. Today was, again, real coconut. Uh, the best part about it is it's a low-calorie bar with a ton of protein packed in and no crazy additives. If you want to get in on Built Bar, just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. And again, today is the last day that you can get the additional $5 off. So $15 total dollars off your first order as long as you use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's an outstanding value, and I highly, highly recommend that you check them out. Uh, I know we've had a couple listeners already uh, buy some Built Bars. They were tweeting at the show yesterday just how much they loved them. I really strongly recommend that you guys go out there and try it. Again, BuiltBar.com for the best tasting protein bar out there. All right, Landon, let's get to some more questions. Um, This one from Gino. Which player needs to prove themselves the most in training camp and in the preseason? Which which guy really needs to take a step up here uh, this year? Real quick, I'm hold on. I'm ordering some coconut almond Bill Barch because I love those things. Oh, you're gonna love it. Oh, they're, they're so good. Don't, they're so they're good. They're so good. Um, the best. Who needs the best training camp? You know, I, I think we we just mentioned Tristan Hill. You know, and I yeah, think he's that one. As much as I, you know, like I said, I'm giving him a clean slate. I, I also think that. You know, he's in a tenuous situation now. <laughs> for all the reasons that I just mentioned for giving him a clean slate, it, those are all the reasons that, unfortunately, he is going to be under the gun because this coaching mm-hmm. staff has no ties to him. Um, you know, I, th- I think that if they've obviously drafted a guy that basically plays the same position as him and or if not, you know, uh, a guy that could potentially sc- scooch over and take some of his snaps at the very least. So, I, I mean, clearly... He needs to come out here and perform if he wants to continue to be part of the team. I think that we really need this cornerback group to have a great training camp. There, yes, I agree. You know, this is a, it's a position that's important that you have invested a lot of options there, uh, and you need a couple of these guys to pan out. I think that you know the idea generally will seems to be that they are probably going to use kind of a mix and match situation with these corners, and 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 find like a, a you know a maybe per game matchups that that best suit each guy. Uh, but I think that what you you have to have is in this training camp uh, some cohesion, some kind of pecking order. You need what well, maybe not even pecking order, but you need to at least sort out the skill sets of each one of these corners that you're going to take and figure out how you're going to use them in game and, and game to game uh, because it's such an important position and I think you have answers there, but you still need you know three or four of these guys to really step up in training camp and show that, that you know they are worthy of, of being on that roster. That, that's a good call. I'll, I'll add one more guy in, uh, another 2019 draft pick. What about Connor McGovern? Basically yeah. missed all training camp last year. 
Uh, we'll see about Connor Williams' status this year. We'll see you know, if he's ready for training camp and all that kind of stuff. I imagine they're going to give McGovern a lot of run uh, in the preseason, in camp. I think he's somebody that needs to have a good camp to challenge for a spot or challenge to be maybe the swing interior offensive lineman at the very least in 2020. And I think he can handle that role. But I think with him missing so much time last year, entering year two, I think he needs to show that he can be, be at least a quality backup uh, this you know during this season for the Cowboys. This whole class, um, this that next whole one, real quick, you. that whole class, the 2019 class. I mean, it's just an unfortunate situation. It happens. Every time there's a coaching staff change, but really time, that yeah. whole 2019 class, they need to step up because they they got no, uh, you know they they don't really have skin on the walls as as a class, and no. they uh, and they don't really have anybody. I would say that Pollard's the only person that does really, uh, but outside of that, they don't really have anything that's you know holding them to the team with this new coaching staff here. No, yeah, shout out Tony Pollard. Running backs matter. Um, let's go on to a, yeah, yeah life has changed since, uh, I don't have a Twitter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's one of the questions. Question. No, 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 no. That's a question we have to address that has been asked of our podcast, Marcus. You, you thought we were just going to slip by. You, you got to quickly, quickly explain to the people what has happened to your Twitter account. Uh, that, if I knew what would happen, I would, I'd be able to answer that very well. I, I, one day it was just outside at my house walking around and all of a sudden I got a email from Twitter that I needed to change my password. I went to do that and I got stuck in this thing called the tw- Twitter password reset loop where I can no longer reset my password. I can no longer log into my account. Uh, and it's been, yeah, over two weeks now and it's, it's been nice. It's been rough at the same time. Uh, I know there's been a lot of people arguing about Dak Prescott and, all this kind of stuff, and I've kind of missed out on it. But yeah, if you know somebody at Twitter, they can help me out at Marcus underscore Mosier. Please, it. yes, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, next one, and this is a really good question from at Arguing underscore Cowboys. Fantastic Twitter handle. Oh man, that should be your handle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we talk a lot about Jamal Adams on this show because obviously the Cowboys had an interest in trading for him last offseason or la- last season at the trade deadline. There's some rumors now that the Cowboys would potentially jump back in. We've talked a lot about the price and what we would pay to get Jamal Adams. But let's talk just about the football fit. If the Cowboys were to acquire Jamal Adams in a trade, whether it's now or into the season, what does he do for this defense? Because there are some people that are wondering, can he really elevate the secondary? Is you know How, how big of an impact can a strong safety have? What could Jamal Adams do for this Cowboys defense? Oh, man. I mean, a little bit of everything. You know, I, I think he, the thing about him that would be so great, especially now even more so than with the previous administration, uh, is that he's such a versatile player, you know, and you could use him on a whole wide variety of situations. Uh, he'd be great for, you know, kind of disguising defenses because he – you know, he's is athletic. He can get around. He can drop into coverages while faking, you know, a, a blitz. He can, if he's a really good blitzer, he's a great tackler. He would shore up your run mm-hmm. defense in a lot of ways. Uh, he's, you know, you could p- put him on tight ends. You could, I mean, there's just a whole lot of things you can do with him. And that's what makes him so good is that he is very good at almost everything that a, a safety does. And, and that, when you combine, like I said, 
with the versatility that this defensive coordinator kind of wants to show and, and disguises and that sort of thing, he could become an extremely valuable piece uh, on a defense that could uh, that could frankly be kind of centered around him if if they decide to go that route. Now you can certainly look at Jamal Adams from like a numbers perspective or a war share. You know how how much has he really improved your defense? But I will say the one thing that Jamal Adams would bring that I think the Cowboys defense kind of lacks is a little bit of nasty, right? He's got that yeah. attitude where he plays on the edge a little bit, super aggressive. I like a lot of the guys in the Cowboys defense. Don't get me wrong. I think Demarcus Lawrence is a fantastic player. And when Leighton Van Der Esch is healthy, he's one of the best linebackers in the league. But they've kind of been missing that guy on defense for a while, right? I can't even think of the last player who kind of played with that attitude. Was it? Is it like early, early Roy Williams? Is that really the last guy that kind of had that? Well, I that... mean, Greg Hardy was on our team for a little while. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay, uh, what about Rolando McClain? Uh, yeah, Michael McClain Bennett or McClain. Yeah, I mean, what are those guys? Yeah. Like, just the kind of dog player, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think it, it would certainly help to get a, a, his attitude added in here as well. Uh, I, I mean, everything about Adams is something that would be an improvement on this defense. Sure. I, I, yeah, I think having his personality uh, would give the defense a little bit more of a that tough uh, identity. Uh, and I do think that's something the Cowboys could use. Now, how much will you pay for that? That's a separate question. But I do think Adams in this defense would make a lot of sense. Um, all right, another great question from Gabriel. First-year wide receivers often don't make as much of an impact as we'd like. Is it fair to expect to get more production from CeeDee Lamb than we got from Randall Cobb last year? Cobb had 800 yards, three touchdowns, and averaged 15 yards per reception. This is a really good question because we have seen over the last five, six years that rookie receivers typically don't put up big numbers. That's even more so true when you are getting guys from the Big 12. It just seems like those you know players from that conference have struggled a little bit to, you know, to adapt to the speed of the NFL. I would say CeeDee Lamb's situation is a little different than most um, because he's somebody who produced for three years in the Big 12 with three different quarterbacks, and he's stepping into a situation where he's not going to be asked to be the number one receiver or even the number two receiver. He's going to be the third option, drawing the third best cornerback on most teams. 800 yards seems like a lot, and it might depend a little bit on game script because Randall Cobb had a bunch of games last year where you know, I think in the Green Bay game, they were way behind and he needed to catch a bunch of passes in that game. But 700, 750 yards, I don't think that's certainly off the table, right? No, I mean, I think uh, I, I think that, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of the, the things that, that kind of factor in here as, you know, as to why CD situation is maybe a little bit different than the typical rookie uh, wide receiver. Uh, you know, I also think that you add in the fact that the, you know, I, I think there will be a concerted effort to, because of C.D. Lamb being such a good yak receiver, of trying to get him the ball in situations mm-hmm. where he can, uh, you know, easily get the ball and then try to create with the ball in his hands. Uh, and again, I think like you mentioned, the, the, you know, I think a lot of these rookie wide receivers get drafted by teams that are desperate at wide receiver. And because he's the most talented guy that they have, they throw them out there. And, you know, then that means that the defense counteracts by putting their best defender on the on that player. And yep. that's a difficult yep. thing for a rookie wide receiver coming into the league who probably hasn't seen a lot of press now facing one of the, you know, probably top 
depending on who the player is, the team, you know, but one of the top guys in the league at press coverage, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult transition. So him moving, you know, to kind of a slot role, being off the line, probably getting some more, you know, kind of negative or horizontal route routes to get the, get the ball in his hands to have him operate just to get him going. Uh, And then I guess like uh, the other thing is to keep in mind, you know, the, the amount of, of coverage that he will see that is being dictated by somebody else that's going to allow things mm. to open up. You know, I, I think that he's, you know, even beyond just like not facing tough man, man on you know, man to man coverage, he's in the slot. He's going to get opportunities to kind of be, uh, 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 the outlook or the uh, the uh, the outlet the the guy that that you know works free underneath the coverage to get the ball and and I think if, I I would not be surprised if he took kind of some of that uh, tight end uh, looks that we were getting from Jason sure. Witten and, and option route type things because you know he's uh, so physical and big and can catch the ball and then you know the 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 last thing I'll say is that I think if you look at where he is, and I think you mentioned this, you know, as a player developing, you know, over the last three years at, at, at OU, I think that he's, even though the competition has not quite been the same, I think he's played enough football at a high level that, uh, you know, that he's not going to be, uh, uh, he's not going to shy away from, from this competition. No, he's he's, he's no. taken every jump in competition since high school uh, on full speed. So, I don't have any doubts that he'll be able to produce, uh, you know, similar to, to Cobb. And then uh, the other thing too to factor in is that, you know, Cobb had a ton of drops. So I mean, he Cobb produced all those yardage, all that yardage with a lot more targets than uh, than what's you know listed as his catch total. So I think it's possible that with that same number of targets, uh, that Co- that CD Lamb will surpass you know Cobb's numbers. I agree. Now, um, really quickly, before we go into our last question, I want to I want to tell you about all the corners that covered Randall Cobb last year. So these are all the corners that covered Cobb on at least 75% of his snaps in a game. And this is why I feel so confident CeeDee Lamb's going to have success as a rookie. Um, you tell me who the best cornerback is on this list. Are you ready, Landon? Let's do it. Gr- Grant Haley, Jimmy Moreland, Jamal Wiltz, P.J. Williams, Tremont Williams, Orlando Skandrick, Corey Ballantine, Mackenzie Alexander, Justin Coleman, Jonathan Jones, Teron Johnson, Buster Screen, Nikel Roby Coleman, Avante Maddox, Cody Sensabaugh. <laughs> uh, this is why I'm not worried about C.D. Land this year. Prob- I, I'm really not. Probably Nikel Roby, I guess. I, I, yeah, I, that's – wow. Um, it, well, that's, And that's the thing is when you're the third receiver in this offense – you're going to get some really favorable matchups. And that's not the case typically for rookie receivers. A lot of times, especially first-round receivers, they're being drafted early because a team has a significant weakness at that position, right? So they're instantly moved up into the number one or number two spot. That's not going to be the case for C.D. Lamb. He's going to be able to thrive off of you know these third corners. And when we get later in the season and there's more injuries mounting up, you're you're gonna see some pretty suspect characters trying to cover him. So absolutely, uh, I, I I suspect that he's gonna be just fine. All right, Landon. The last one comes from Max. Uh, he's we've talked about you know the Cowboys maybe playing some more three four looks this year. They're not gonna be a complete three four team. Uh, Demarcus Ware did call uh, t- 
Tank Lawrence to tell him, you know, how to play in a two-point stance and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Max wants to know, what would the Cowboys' front seven look like in a 3-4? Who would be playing which spots? Oh, man. Um, well, I think, obviously, for starting inside out, uh, that uh, Poe would be your nose tackle. Um, I think he's probably better suited nowadays for a 4-3 kind of nose tackle. Probably. Um, but he can do but it. But he could do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't have doubts that he, you know, that he would be the guy doing that. Um, and then I think you, you know, I, th- I think Gerald McCoy would probably be the, the, the backside defensive tackle that they, I mean, they would probably still try to play kind of more as a, as like a four eye, you know, or maybe yeah. like a, a reduced three or something like yep. that, you know. And then probably Tyrone Crawford is the other one, I, right? I would assume so, yeah, because I think he probably fits the bill the best. And then, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Tristan Hill and, and, and Gallimore kind of rotating. I think Joe Jackson would be kind of an interesting uh, player okay, that's to, a good one. to look at at that role. Um, yep. And then, you know, I think Jalen, Vander Esch. Um, Are your off-the-ball off linebackers. Off-ball linebackers. Yep. Well, I, you know, maybe – you know, maybe it's Sean Lee and Jalen Smith are your off-ball linebackers, and then you play Jalen as kind of a spinner. You mean uh, Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch is your off-the-ball. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Van Der Esch and yep. Sean Lee is your off-ball, and then Jalen is like potentially as a Sam. It really depends on how they want to do that Sam defensive pass rusher role because I could see Jalen doing either. You know, the will yep. in the in the, the Mike Nolan defense is, does a lot of different stuff, so maybe they just technically call him that and let him play there. And then obviously you have – Demarcus Lawrence is a stand-up outside linebacker as well, opposite of whoever that other person is, and maybe that other person is is uh, you know someone like Alden Smith. I mean, or Randy Gregory, mm. depending. I mean, if they ever actually sure. go into a full three-four, uh, but yeah, I would imagine. You know, I can't imagine. I don't. I don't see them playing a you know a traditional five tech zero tech five tech yeah, you know like either. you know defense the three man front I, I imagine it's it's more like you know over fronts with some four standing linebackers i mean it may look exactly the same as a four three overlook except that one of the defensive ends happens to be standing up you know and like that that's what yeah. thing happened. yep i do think it's interesting that you know if you think three of your better players are Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, and Sean Lee trying to find a way to get those three all on the field at the same time. Having Jalen as the edge would be interesting. Um, I, I think you got most of that right. Uh, the one guy that I would say to keep an eye on, maybe Jalen Jelks. I think that's somebody who probably fits better in a 3-4 than a 4-3. Uh, who knows if he even makes the roster, but I think that's somebody who, um, you know, coming out of Oregon, I always kind of thought that he was a stand-up 3-4 edge rusher. So, Uh, Just kind of keep an eye on him as well. Uh, That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.